Hello everyone, welcome back to the Watchful Nights Week in Review. My name is Ishiv, or at the Watchful Night on Instagram, or just Watchful Night on Letterboxd. This is the fourth one now, but just to recap, I'm going to go through the movies that I watched this week, adding a little more color to my reviews, and you're going to get a lot of color this week, more than you had <laughs> ever hoped for, um, followed by a movie to keep on your radar, and then depending on how much time this takes, I think I'm going to scrap the five movies to watch when this week, um, just because, well, more on that later. I really hope you guys enjoyed my interview that I did with my film professor, Professor Joel O'Rourke. He is amazing. He loves to talk about movies. We talked for an hour and a half, and I had to cut that down to 47 minutes because there's so much tangents that we went on, so many tangents that we went on. And yeah, check out his review show on youtube it's called the daily review and he does it every single day he watches one or two movies per day or he like binges a show a half a show per day so he's definitely gonna guarantee you a lot of content um and yeah he's a professor so he knows what he's talking about and then yeah as always let me know what i'm what you are liking about this, what you're not liking about this, so I can improve the next episodes. And if you enjoy that that interview aspect, I really liked it because it's you know just creates a conversation and not me talking to my computer screen. Um, let me know if you want to be a guest, and I'll be happy to do the same with one of you. Okay, so this past week was one of in a long time was one of the weeks that I had. A great week of watching films and it's and it really proved to me that when I'm watching a good movie there is nothing else that I would rather be doing with my free time um, yeah it was amazing so I'm gonna spend a lot of time talking about the movies I watched this past week glossing over some and then highlighting you know three key ones um, for sure Okay, so um, to finish, I finished my Kubrick binge. You can see my ranked list on my Instagram page. Um, but if you've been keeping up with my reviews, you can pretty much figure that out. So I started the weekend, didn't start the weekend, sorry. I, on Saturday night, I watched The Killing, released in 1956, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring Sterling Hayden Cole. Colleen Gray and Vince Edward, Edwards. Um, I had never heard of those later two actors. Sterling Hayden is in a, another Kubrick film, I believe. And this received a 6.8 out of 10. This is seen as his first true um, entrance into making the movies that he's famous for. Before this, he made Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss, both of which are pretty bad and i mean i even think fear and desire is better than scorsese's first film um which is called who's that knocking at my door i think fear and desire is much better than that but yeah the killing is his first thing and you can really see how he focuses on imagery um there's a shot of it takes place in a horse race and these guys are, sorry, I should have started with this. And these guys are trying to pull off a heist. And uh, there's a shot where, like, he stays on this horse running. And it's just, like, extremely hypnotic. And you don't realize, like, he's stuck on that for two more minutes than you expected him to. But it just, 
and that shot didn't even break up the fast pace of this movie. Um, even though that it is, I think, 85 minutes long, the first act, the way it sets it up, is really boring, and I think not in tune with the rest of the movie, because when the rest of the movie goes gets going, like if you've seen Reservoir Dogs, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, this is... I feel like this is a primary inspiration because it's both a non-linear narrative and the mistrust between the characters are very similar. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about The Killing. It's it's not something that you have to watch by any means. I know a lot of people really like this movie, um, but I think they just like it because it's Kubrick. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I did like it, though. I think I would recommend it if you like both noirs and you really, really like Kubrick. But you really have to like Kubrick to enjoy this movie. Okay, so moving on to a movie that I want to talk a lot about. And I watched this right after I watched The Killing. And guys, this movie was amazing. So I, after The Killing, I decided to put on the favorite, um released in 2018, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, starring Olivia Colman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weisz. And this became one of my favorite movies of all time. Actually going into my top 10, but it got moved. It, it, it was a number 10, but it got moved after this week as well. Um, but yeah, it received a 9.4 out of 10. So after I watched The Lobster, I'm like, this Yorgos guy he definitely knows what I want from a movie, and he's like the extent of weirdness that I can handle, except when we get to another movie that I watched this week. Um, so the story of this movie is that Queen Anne, it's based on a true story, the Queen Anne, she was extremely depressed, a very tragic person actually, and her maiden... I don't know, a member of her court was actually running England through her because she wasn't fit to make the decisions. And Emma Stone comes in, her name is her character's name is Abigail, Abigail, and she comes in wanting to usurp this position for her own gain. And so it's a battle um, of ultimately the love of this queen between these two women, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone. Phenomenal movie. Really, really, really liked it. There's so much to say about this movie, but I feel like the only way to do it justice is for you to go watch it. Um, but I'm going to start with, first of all, the th these three actors are at the top of their game when this came out, and you can really see that. Like, everyone kills it in this movie. Um, Olivia Col Colman is fantastic. I she won the Academy Award for it, very rightfully so. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz are amazing. I actually really, really, really liked... Um, I think Emma Stone was perfectly cast in that role, and Rachel Weisz did a really, really great job of playing that nonchalant character who still was very um, vindictive and, and uh, driven through how she feels about certain situations, so I think that was really cool, and she was by far my favorite part of the movie. Um, in addition to these people, you have people like Nicholas Holt, who was also really good. Like, he, he was really, really funny for, and I, it's a Yorgos movie, so it has to have comedy. And then you have Mark Gatiss, 
from Sherlock, who plays Mycroft in the Sherlock, um, the Meditate Coverbatch Sherlock. And yeah, he's not in this movie much, but it was nice to see him. Um, so yeah, acting all across the board was phenomenal. I think the way that this movie is directed and just how it's written, it's very witty, um, very, very on the nose, very banterous, very like one-liners here and there. Really enjoyed that aspect of it, and I did laugh out loud, much like I did in The Lobster, which was ex very, very nice. Um, and then, I mean, the obvious elephant in the room is that it is a period piece, but its I feel like it's the, f the first period piece I've seen where the main attraction is not the period, because I feel like a lot of, especially modern period pieces, the, f the main goal is to show off what the art department can do. And that's amazing because the, the art department also is really, really um, kills it in this movie too. The costumes, the production design, um, the makeup, the hairstyling, all, all extremely well done. Um, but I feel like in most other period pieces, that's all they want you to take away from it. And then they just garner this attention because things are so extravagant. But this one really uses the period more simply, actually, just as context and, and tells a story that could be set in any other time. Um, but this, the fact that this was true and the fact that these three women um, had the power and not men at that time is very, very interesting. So I think the period aspect of it didn't get in the way at all, which I thought it would. This movie always kept me on my toes. I don't, I, halfway through, so like in the, f after the first act, you, you know the intentions. Um, but then it throws you in a really different direction to the point where like, you, you're wondering if this is going to end the way that it is. And it just does end that way. So it may not sit well with most people. Another thing I have to bring up is that Yorgos Lanthimos, after this past weekend, um, has become one of my new favorite directors, and boy does he know how to end a movie. Um, the final shot of this film is so, so great, completely summarizes the situations of the, these characters that they, are there, that they are in at the end. So much to take away from it. This one is probably his least ambiguous one. More so because it's it's um, trying to symbolize very specific resolution, whereas the other two, um, like especially in the lobster, like there's something left that's not been said. But this story just does come to a close. So yeah, I love the favorite. I feel like I could talk about this movie so much um i'm so excited to show it to people because i don't know if enough people i it garnered a lot of attention um when it first came out i remember when it came out and i was not interested at all because th it, it didn't seem interesting to me um but i'm extremely glad i watched it now and yeah do yeah you just have to check out the favorite it has this really insane energy to it um and even the opening credits with the way that the font is done, like, you know you're in for something special. Um, yeah, not 9.4. I guess if I had to think of one minute issue, it would be that the second act, there's like a period 
of 10 minutes or 10 or 15 minutes or so where you're like where it does like seemingly halt and you're like okay come on pick it up and but it recognizes that and so it does end up picking it up and and moving really forward moving uh, better um yeah i love this movie i really did um all of you should check it out and this is a is an accessible one i i wouldn't necessarily the lo- say that the, the lobster was for is for everyone for everyone but the favorite is is accessible in that way because it's very weird um it's probably based on who i um based on my following it's probably the weirdest thing that you may watch but it's more accessible and i think it's something that a lot of people will enjoy okay so moving on uh continuing my kubrick binge i watched paths of glory uh this was released in 1957 and this is directed by stanley kubrick of course starring you know someone who's slowly becoming a favorite old actor of mine I mean, actually, that's not true. I think Humphrey Bogart is still number one for me, but starring Kirk Douglas, Ralph Meeker, and Adolf Menjou, um, and this received a 7.8 out of 10. I think this movie was really great. There's not much to say about this movie because, mainly because it doesn't have really big issues. I think there was like a multitude of little ones that just kind of contributed to not getting above an 8, and I actually expected to really like this. I just think that his other warm films are both more entertaining and um, and more approachable um, because Paths of Glory is a 1957 movie and his other war movies he made. Well, I don't know when Doctor Strangelove came out actually. I think it's in the 60s. Yeah, it has to be in the 60s. Yeah, it has to be in the 60s. Um, but that movie is a comedy, so it's a lot more entertaining. And then Full Metal Jacket came out in the '80s, and that movie has, you know, shooting and stuff, so <laughs> it makes it more entertaining. But Paths of Glory is great. I really found a lot of similarities between this and A Few Good Men, especially because there is an extended court martial courtroom scene, and that's when the best dialogue is delivered. The, the dialogue in this movie is really, really good. I think Kirk Douglas delivers a very unique performance. I don't think I would say it's necessarily better than other good performances. I just think it's like a good one, if if that makes sense. Like it's not something that I would say is noteworthy, but it, it does the job very very well. Uh, the story moves really well. I think the again the setup is a bit on the slower side um yeah i'm not sure what else to say about it. i think there's so much that could have been done that wasn't being done which is kind of disappointing but it, it does wrap it up really nicely and similar to similarly to blanthimos and probably blanthimos is like kubrick in that way in fact i've noticed a lot of similarities between them because blanthimos only well, up until this point, has only used classical music, and that's what Kubrick does, and so it's interesting to see those similarities. But Paths of Glory, I think, ends really nicely. Um, it's like very somber, very depressing, actually, but it's just like a sense of, okay, this is how it is. Let's, we have to get going. Um, 
yeah, I think Paths of Glory is, is great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would recommend this movie. I think you, yeah, I think people should watch this movie. Just because it's very anti-war. Very anti-war in the right way. It's very angry. It's a very angry movie, for sure. And, yeah, you will get pissed after you watch this movie. So I would definitely recommend Paths of Glory. It's also only 88 minutes long, so if you're looking for that one opportunity to watch a movie that is pre-1960s, because for me, pre-1960s means it's, like, really old, um, then you should watch Paths of Glory, because I think it's a really good um, movie to get into. Okay, another movie I want to talk extensively about. Uh, the day after that? No, right after Paths of Glory. I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer, again, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, starring Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidme, Cole Kidme, Kidman, <laughs> and Barry Keoghan, and this received an 8.3 out of 10, just shy of an 8, for me an 8.4 is, um, an 8.4 on higher means it's like it's really, really good. Um, so 8.3 means it's just like, if it was an 8.4, it would be in my top 100. That's what I mean to say. So just, um, just below that. Yeah, this movie messed me up. I don't know, um, okay, so let me tell you the story of the brief synopsis. Um, it centers around these two, it centers around this doctor. Actually, he's a cardiovascular surgeon. He does I don't know exactly what the term is, what he did, what his surgeries types of surgeries do, but he has stuff to do with the heart. The the opening shot of this movie is like a like a close up of a beating heart and an open heart surgery, um, and they hold on that. Oh my god! I thought the shot was gonna end in like two seconds, but it just runs for a minute. And so yeah, uh, he's a heart surgeon. Nicole Kim and his wife. He has two kids. And Barry Keoghan is the son of someone he operated on who sadly died on the operating table. And, you know, Colin Farrell has kind of taken Barry Keoghan under his wing um, because he supposedly wants to become a doctor, but then his intentions and his actions become increasingly more sinister and increasingly more targeted to Colin Farrow. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the, it, it is a revenge draw. It's a revenge thriller um, at the end of the day. Yeah, so this movie was very interesting. So let me get the bad stuff out of the way, the stuff that I didn't like out of the way, because I really do want to talk about this movie's merits. Um, so I think the first half an hour, even when the movie ended, I didn't see any significance of that the the fact that it had to be that slow in the beginning um maybe if i rewatch it i'll notice something different but i do think that the first half an hour is too slow and in fact if it was like shaved 15 minutes i think you need a little bit more i think you need a little bit of um contextualization but yeah if it shaved 15 minutes or so i think it would have worked much better and then what else was going to say? So for a thriller, 
and I think this is, I mean, obviously this is intentional, but for a thriller, it's just like, doesn't have enough spice to it. It's very dry and deadpan -y, and that's also one of its greatest things it has going for it, and that's something I'm going to talk about when I get into the good stuff. But for a thriller that, you know, it's extremely creepy and eerie, but it, it doesn't really fully reward you for that um, with a spurt in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that's my main criticisms of it, and let's move on to the good thing. So, this movie is unlike any other thriller I have ever seen because, well, one, it's very, very clinical. Like, the way it looks, I mean, it looks great. I think this movie is better shot than The Lobster. Obviously not better shot than The Favorite, but it's better shot than The Lobster. I think this movie is framed extremely well. There is a shot when Colin Farrell is talking to Barry Keoghan on the hood of their car, and it pans out. Uh, sorry, it zooms out to see the city behind them. That's one of my favorite shots. And then there's a scene where the daughter is singing to Barry Keoghan. That's kind of the start of the bad things that's going to go down in this movie. And um, and that shot is really cool. It's like it's framed really well with the tree. So, but this movie is extremely clinical in the way it looks, the way it sounds, the way that they deliver their lines. Like that's the point of more, most Yorgos movies is that you don't. Uh, I was watching an interview with Colin Farrell, and he said, like the approach a lot of actor that the actors agree on is that when they've read this material, they don't want to change it up with a lot of. A lot of unnecessary expressive qualities because they want to let it, the material and the dialogue speak for itself and so yeah that that it's a very clinical movie what i mean to say and it's very exacting like it's like someone who you know t you are an on an operating table um you're not put under you're under anesthesia but it's like slowly peeling away at your skin and getting into your organs like that's the way this movie made me feel it's like slowly seeping into me which is great i think this movie progresses really well after that first half an hour um people will find it slow people will find it boring but i think everything that's is working extremely well barry keoghan my god is he creepy this man delivered an extremely well thought out performance and he's and at that time i think he was only like 21 and that's it's amazing. He's really, really good. Colin Farrell is really, really good. Nicole Kidman, she's good. I think um, she kind of plays the same person these days. And this movie was a bit different in terms of what her ulterior motive was. But yeah, so she was okay. Um, and, it, and it just worked together extremely well. There is, and so the way that I looked at this movie, I wrote this in my review, is that it's kind of a combination of Malice, which is an Aaron Sorkin thriller, um, which I do recommend watching if you haven't seen it before. Very accessible, not weird in any shape or form. Um, weird as in like a weird type of movie. And then you have, so it's a combination of Malice, it's a combination of Prisoners, like a very light Prisoners touch, um, and you'll see why when you watch the movie, and then like really strong undertones of the exorcist 
which is really cool. I mean, the, the combination of those three movies ex- work extremely well, and they shouldn't. And then, 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 you get to that ending. And I don't know how to explain. Okay, so I don't want to spoil anything because that ending is shocking. But it's not shocking because it's mentioned and thought about before. But the fact that they actually go through with it, it's it's a chilling, chilling scene. Um, like, you can't take your eyes away from it, but it's just like burning you inside. Um, and that, that scene is extremely well directed. Um, that's the scene that if I had to submit Yorgos's Yorgos's Yorgos Lanthimos, um, to someone on why he's a great director, like, I would submit that scene. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that scene is chilling, that, that I, I'm still going through my mind. Um, I, I really do want to watch this movie again, because I feel like if I show certain people this i would want to see their reactions but i'm also scared because i know that i would have to watch that scene again um i don't know why i feel like i've seen more disturbing things um maybe not but maybe i feel like i've seen stuff that's probably as disturbing but this one just hit me in a really weird way um yeah so that's the killing of the sacred deer I, i don't know what else to say about it other than to alleviate all the mystery behind it i know that i'm keeping a lot of things under this veil so i would just recommend watching killing of a sacred deer but one of my friends um shout out to anirudh kumar his name is anirudh kumar um he watched it after he saw my review and he's like what did i watch what did i just watch i'm like why you didn't like it he's like it was interesting um but i did not like it but it was an experience nonetheless and I was like, okay, I mean, you don't have to like The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I don't think that's the point, even. Um, but unless, unless you acknowledge it as an experience, and that's kind of great. That's like that's the point of this. So, yeah. Okay. So now we're going to move on to a movie that you've probably heard a lot about in general. But I want to talk about this movie from my perspective, because... Well, it's my podcast, and I think some context would help. So I'll go through um, the general stuff. So this is 2001, A Space Odyssey, released in 1968, before we even went to the moon, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring, I don't know how to say this guy's name, Care, Dulia, Gary Lockwood, and William Sylvester. Um, And this became one my second favorite movie of all time. It's received a 9.8 out of 10. Okay, so to, to, ex- to really explain... Um, so I'm going to explain like how enthralled I was when I watched this. So I watched this for the first time in sophomore year of high school. And I knew that it had... I knew that it was an experience. And... and it was in my top 100 since then because I knew there was something about this movie that I really liked. But I was extremely dissatisfied with it at the end because I was like, I mean, if you don't know anything about it, this is not a spoiler, but this this movie ends in the most ambiguous and mysterious way that any movie ends. Um, and I was a bit dissatisfied with not having that answer. 
And so I left it, and I was like, I should rewatch it, but I that that feeling is not something I wanted to revisit again. So I left it, and then I knew that we were gonna watch 2001: A Space Odyssey in in my class, in my film genres class for our sci-fi class, and so I planned my Kubrick binge to do it before because I knew we were gonna rewatch it. And I think I just kind of like sat there and collect before the the screen came on. I think I was just like, okay, I'm gonna just drop all pretenses of finding um, the finding the ending to be satisfying and trying to like um, trying to integrate everything else from the movie. And from the moment the movie started, I I was literally like in my seat i was on the edge of my seat not because it's you know a thriller it's going to keep you on the edge of your seat but like i was so ingrained to the screen and it was really good that i revisited in a really good context i think you know it was on a screen with good speakers it was like semi theater experience and i absolutely loved it i think i'm so excited to show so many people who haven't seen this movie and I can finally get what people have been saying about it. It's like one of the Godfather situations with me. Like when I first watched The Godfather, I'm like, this movie is extremely overrated. Granted, I watched it when I was in eighth grade. And then I rewatched it in junior year of high school. I'm like, okay, this it makes sense. I get it. Um, I don't think it's the best movie. I think it's pretty darn good, though. And it's, that, it's still in my top 100 for that reason. So, yeah, I thought that was the same thing with 2001. I'm like, this is just a movie that if you are a if you are a person who, you know, wants to get into that, like, pretentious space, like, that's why you would like this movie. But no, it's incomplete. It's completely wrong. So, to yeah, I had an amazing time watching this movie. Such a such a good time. I was still... Um, like, I was still kind of disappointed it ended, even after my class ended, and we have to we talked about it because I just wanted to be immersed in it more. Um, and this is going to sound, like, very preachy and very strange um, to a lot of you, but, yeah, it's, like, it's it was an extremely uh, deeply affecting experience. It's, like, similar to when I watched uh, Whiplash for the first time, or even when I watched Inception for the first time. Uh, and then, yeah, speaking of Christopher Nolan, this is his favorite film, very rightfully so, and you can just completely see why um, after you watch this movie. Um, this gave me a greater appreciation for Interstellar, just because after they get into space, it's pretty much the same movie. Um, and there is this... Well, yeah, I, I won't get into too much, but I feel like if I was also to watch Interstellar again, I may not find it as impressive um, now that I've seen this properly. Okay, so to get into the, the specifics of what I liked about it, everything pretty much. Um, okay, I, I'll say that there are some minute issues, and that's why it's a 9.8 out of 10, um, the amount of praise I'm giving it. And this is the type, this is the thing that you have to realize with this film, is everything is intentional, nothing is an accident, nothing is a mistake. And 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 that's based on, I spent like that night, I went to bed at 12, uh, 1 on a school night, and that's not something that I do. 
um, because I was just like looking up stuff and facts about this movie. Um, and it, with every Kubrick movie, nothing is a mistake. So, but there are two things that still don't necessarily sit with me personally well. The first thing is that I think some scenes could definitely be shortened. Um, it's in, surprisingly, that it's mainly in the dialogue scenes. I think there's the the scene when they first. I don't know if this is a spoiler. There's a scene in a conference room, and I think that scene is a bit too long. Um, and then there's a scene, there's a dialogue scene between two astronauts who are in a pod, and that scene is pivotal to the movie. Um, but I think that's just a bit too long. I actually think the Donna Man thing is it's slightly bit too long too, like the first section of the movie the very first section um but you know i can find an explanation for that like i completely get why why those scenes are that length and then you get to the performances i think this has more to do yeah more to do with the performances so the astronauts in this movie are completely stale um and that's based on extensive research that kubrick did with nasa that like if these events that they had in the script were to happen an astronaut would not react as you know as Matthew McConaughey would in Interstellar because like that's the that's part of their training is to handle these situations and maintain that composure well so that everything that they showed in that aspect of their performances is realistic and that's also like if you've seen First Man um, Damien Giselle directed that with Ryan Gosling about Neil Armstrong that was like NASA's primary concern with him is that due to his the loss of his child that's not a spoiler don't worry will he be able to maintain this composure that is recommended and they train that in you so yeah I get the intention behind it um, this is the most realistic science fiction movie for the time so yeah that's also the reason Um. But yeah, I think there's a way to play stale um, and to play that something that you have put on for a job much better than the actors did in this movie. Um, but yeah, maybe it was just to maintain that cold and clinical look. It was also maybe to create a comparison, but uh, yeah, to create a comparison between them and Hal. So yeah, I can kind of see that. But everything about this movie, the cinematography, the production, des oh, the production design, Every movie, the, every frame of this movie could be a painting, Every not a painting, sorry, it could be like something you would put on your wall. Um, and I just really, really demand everyone to watch this. It is it is truly one of those movies to watch before you die. Uh, my professor was extremely right, and you guys might think that I've been being swayed by my professor, but he stayed extremely quiet when we watched this movie, which he, which he usually doesn't do, actually. Um, but yeah, so these are it was my experience so then i watched solaris yesterday um yesterday thursday i watched solaris on thursday night uh my first tarkovsky film i should actually say a lot more but in the interest of time i will not um received a 6.4 out of 10 i will say it's very unique very interested to see more of tarkovsky's work but it's just far too long and far too boring Okay, so I think I'm going to end it there. I would say a movie to keep... I do have a movie to keep on your radar, but I'm going to save that one. I think that's the one 
I can always go back to. But if I had to say movies to keep on your radar based on my following, I would say 2001. Um, just to watch it, even if you've seen it again, you've seen it and you didn't really like it, like watch it again. It's an acquired taste for sure. Um, and then Killing of a Sacred Deer or the favorite. Um, I think those movies are awesome. So I hope this was helpful, and I'm sorry that it was like not as cohesive as my other stuff, but as my other episodes. But I really just wanted to talk about these movies. Um, yeah, see you in the next one.